Hi, I'm Serena Lo. If you're used to hearing that introverts are shy, anxious, antisocial, and lack good communication and leadership skills, then this podcast is for you. You're about to fall in love with a calm, introspective, and profound person that you are. Discover what's fun, unique, and powerful about being an introvert, and how to make the elegant transition from quiet achiever to quiet warrior in your life and work, anytime you want, in more ways than you imagined possible. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of the Quiet Warrior Podcast. Today we're going to talk about a topic that could evoke a lot of emotion for those of us who are parents, with teenagers, with young adults, making life decisions. How do we support them best as parents while also navigating our own expectations? And how do we know that our expectations are reasonable or if we are merely rejecting and playing out the expectations that were given to us when we were children? I find this topic extremely complex. There are no easy answers. I've sat with it in many different situations as my children grew older, and I've grappled with the conflicting emotions that come from wanting to be the best possible parent to my children. But at the same time, realizing that so much of what I say to them and how I act out those expectations is not from me per se, but is me acting out a script, an invisible, unconscious script that has been handed down to me through generations. And once I realized that, the next question that came was, do I want to continue being this way? How is this helping me and my relationship with my children? And I think the difficulty with answering that was that I had tied so much of my identity or what I thought was the bar for being a good parent, a good Asian mom to my children's performance, how well they did at school, whether they were musically inclined, whether they were sticking to their Chinese language classes and could speak Mandarin fluently, all those things that are external and measurable and can earn you bragging rights if done well. And if your children follow the script too. Now, I happen to have two very bright children who don't always follow the script. In fact, I think it's been many years since either of them did the things that we wanted them to do as model minority children, as you know, migrant children in another country who felt a certain responsibility to conduct ourselves in ways that would make our families back home proud. And that means getting the A's, that means keeping up with the music lessons, being good at sports, doing all the things. And I found it really hard to keep up because my children were just not interested. And there came a point where I had to ask myself, is it worth it for me to keep pushing for them to comply, to fall in line, to conform to this idea of how they should be? at each age and stage of their lives. And I still remember when my older daughter was 13 and decided that she no longer subscribed to our faith. And that was a crisis moment for our family. And another time again, in the midst of her mock exams during year 12, she had a sort of meltdown, which we didn't see coming. 
And again, there was a crisis for the family. It was an opportunity for all of us to pull together because we knew that she needed our support. We just didn't know in what form and how to give that support. And even now, there are times when I look at my children and I ask myself, have I done my best? Have I given them everything I could? Have I equipped them for life? Have I taught them how to be good human beings? Have I set them up for success? And I worry that I haven't done my best. I worry that I haven't done enough. I worry that I haven't done as much as some other parents I see, whose children might be ducks of school, great at sports, outstanding in music. And then I think of the times when my children come to me of their own volition and just come up next to me and give me a hug or pat me on the head or say, I love you, mum," or I'm sorry, I yelled, or suddenly just open up their hearts while I'm driving somewhere or talk to me about their friends or critically challenge my views on religion, faith, politics, the state of the world, the capitalist system, and all kinds of topics which I don't feel equipped sometimes to talk about. And I realize how shallow my own knowledge is on these things, on so many things, because I've taken for granted that the things that I know are correct. And I haven't always sat down and reflected and delved deeper and critically analyzed and looked up precedents or case studies or news articles or talked to people in the know or spoken with people with lived experience or, you know, listened to a diverse array of perspectives. I have often gone for the easy way out, and that is, let me focus on what I have to do today. I've got a long list of things to do. You know, there's laundry to do. What shall I cook for dinner? What am I going to do next in my business? What aspect of marketing shall I focus on next? You know, what skill do I want to learn? What do I want to be better at today? And so the opportunities for intersection, for overlapping with my children's interests is not always there. It has to be intentionally fostered and it has to be done in a way that makes them feel safe so that they want to open up without me forcing them or asking awkward questions that make them clam up instead. So I need to be able to read my children really well, be sensitive to their needs, be okay with them occasionally yelling or slamming doors or not wanting to answer questions directly, and realize that it's not always about me. It's not that they are necessarily trying to rebel. They just could be genuinely having a really hard time and they don't have the language around it. And sometimes they don't want advice from me. I've had many occasions when my girls tell me, Mom, stop coaching me. You're being a coach again. And that's an occupational hazard, I guess, because that's what I do. I help people to untangle some of their life problems and help them navigate through life transitions. And it's just natural to me to put on that hat, even when talking with my children. And so I've learned, and I'm still learning, to sit back, to detach myself a little bit from this whole mom thing and look at my children as two unique, precious human beings and sit with the amazement, the awe of how did I get so lucky and so blessed to have these two little humans in my life who call me mom and who look up to me for things and rely on my judgment and my wisdom and who 
are generous and kind when I make mistakes and get it wrong. When I give clunky responses, when I'm not being totally honest, when I really am clueless about what I'm saying, and they could very well, you know, tisk tisk at me and write me off. But from what I can see so far, our relationship is still intact. They are still open. They are still loving. They're still affectionate. Not always. And really, it's for me, as the adult, as the mature one, as the one whose prefrontal cortex has hopefully fully developed compared to someone who is in their teens or the young adult, it's for me as the mature adult to take responsibility and to make the choices that support the relationship. Because ultimately, it's not about how well they do, much as I want them to do well so that I can tell my mom back home, hey, look, you know, look how well your granddaughters are doing which then, of course, means I'm fulfilling my role as the good Asian mom. But more importantly than that, what I am loving about this journey of being a parent is that it's like a mirror to me. It's showing me all my flaws. It's showing me all my weaknesses. It's also showing me where I'm unexpectedly strong and where I am gifted and where I am being the kind of person that my children need me to be right now to support them through their very complex, very uncertain, very challenging times when they don't know the answers. And I didn't know the answers either when I was their age, when I was 17, when I was 21, even when I was 35 and had my midlife crossroads. And even now I work with people over 50 who are still trying to figure out what their life purpose is who they are called to be and whether they are on the right path or whether they need to be doing something else with their lives. And if so, what that is. And then having the courage to actually take the first step and the next step and the next step. So who am I to expect that my children would have all these answers at the age of 17 or 21? I didn't and neither will they. It's something that they will have to work out by taking one step at a time. And my role is not to tell them, this is the right step, that is the wrong step, you shouldn't go that way because it's really impractical, you might not get a job. It's more for them to make the decision and for me to be their safety net, for me to be the one who holds that safe space for them to come home and say, you know, I really messed up at work today, or I did so badly on my exam today. And I would still be there to be that person who can give them the hug the kindness, the compassion, the reassurances that, you know, whatever else is happening out in the world, you've got someone at home who's got your back. And I think that is the kind of love and support that I didn't get when I was growing up and which I'm trying to give my children. And I think that is so much more important than how they are doing materially and externally. But having said that, I'm not saying that those things don't matter. We still need to have an eye to practical considerations because there are consequences for the decisions that we make. But what I'm saying is let's be kind to ourselves as parents and let's also be honest as to how much of what we expect our children to be. Is this something I've been able to fulfill myself? And was this something that served me and helped me? Or is this something I actually don't want to pass on as a legacy? I actually want to give my children a different gift by being a different kind of parent. And so that is a very personal, very subjective decision that you and I have to make. 
we have to ask ourselves, what are our highest values? What really matters to us in the end? When we look back on the family portraits, when we look back on those folders of our children's art and school projects, what do we want to remember when the time comes, you know, years from now, when all these things have receded into the past and no longer matter? Do we want to be remembered and do we want to keep reminiscing about things that we missed, opportunities that we missed or grades that were not achieved or, you know, you could have done so much better? Or do we want them to remember that they had a parent that fully supported them in their dreams, in their crazy times, in their, you know, times when they acted out, in the times when they couldn't regulate their own emotions and the times when they didn't have the words and all they could do was cry or scream or slam doors. So thinking about it from a legacy point of view, supporting them as they work it out, knowing that neither of us has got the answer. It's something they have to discover for themselves. But hey, it's okay because at the end of the day, what really matters is them knowing that they are loved, knowing that someone's got their back, knowing that wherever they go in the world, they can be themselves and it's safe for them to be themselves and that they are more resourceful than they know and that they will work it out. If it doesn't work out, they will find another way because they are resourceful and capable and talented. We taught them to be and we've quietly, unconsciously instilled in them all kinds of positive values that we're not even conscious of ourselves. And so let's also give ourselves some grace. We don't know how our children will turn out. We can't predict. There's no way we can control what the future holds for them. And we don't want to because there could be something better for them out there that we can't see yet. And so to all of us parents who can be too hard on ourselves and try too hard to control our children as well, their outcomes, their decisions, their actions, their, you know, the day-to-day things that they do that sometimes annoy and irritate us. Let's also realize that, you know, when we were that age, we didn't have the mental or emotional capacity or the language or the critical thinking ability to reason things out the way we do now in our 40s and 50s. We also had to go on that journey, on that quest, and figure things out ourselves. So as they go on their quest, let's be their ally, let's be their champion, be their cheerleader, be their support. And I wish you and your family well, whatever decisions they make and you make. May they always know that you love them, that you want the best for them, and that you're here for them. Have a brilliant rest of the day and see you on the next episode. I'm so grateful that you're here today. If you found this content valuable, please share it on your social media channels and subscribe to the show on your favorite listening platform. Together, we can help more introverts thrive. To receive more uplifting content like this, connect with me on Instagram at Serena Lowe, Quiet Warrior Coach. Thank you for sharing your time and your energy with me. See you on the next episode.